So do you have a Halloween costume? Well, uh, I was gonna go as a disgruntled fisherman. So just as yourself? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Well, there's nowhere to go in town, so it's not like you're gonna go anywhere. Well, you mean like a Halloween party or yeah. trick-or-treating? Well, you don't have like 23 kids to haul around like I do. Do adults... What? Here's a question for you, Jay. Okay. Is it creepy and or illegal for adults to go trick-or-treating? So, I don't think it's... It's creepy, yes. I mean, it's not creepy if you have a kid with you. But, yeah. I'm talking about me, Joe, the lone individual walking the streets of Grand Marais. Joe the loner is a good way to describe you. Pleading, um, pleading for candy. Yes, that's weird. Really? But, but, and why is it weird? Because it's candy's for children. I love candy, and most you adults do. do too, or not most, but a certain percentage of them like candy most i think actually. it's the general concept of a single adult male walking around where there's a bunch of other like in a costume walking around where there's a bunch of children going door to door to people's houses and getting candy it just adds a creep factor that i don't think you want to be uh, opening the door of but but here's what i'm gonna say trick-or-treating in grand marais is a lot of fun as an adult hmm there are houses that give your kids candy, and then they give the grown-ups things, too. I see. So, um, like adult beverages? Back, back <laughs> in the days when I drank, I was yeah. usually quite tipsy by the time we were done trick-or-treating. All right. Well, that is that is an interesting thing, I guess. Okay. And there's, there's usually a party or two hmm. happening. So, And you can literally walk up to the door and be like, and they'll come on in, have some food, have a drink. And you go in there, you can yeah. have... You know, I think there's three or four of those houses last year, so... So it's a community event. It's a, it's a community thing. I just wouldn't... I would find it weird if you went door to door... Looking for candy. Looking for candy. <laughs> then I'll be my disgruntled fisherman at home. Or you can borrow a child for the night. I mean, that's probably no less creepy the way I just said it, yeah. but... <laughs> I'm staying home, Jay. That's okay. all there is to it. All right. Well, I got to take my kids out. Well, or... what are you going to be for Halloween? <laughs> Well, um, I am going to be a work of art. My kids are going to be happy little trees, and Cody's going to be Bob Ross. Cool. So, a happy little tree over here. My three happy little trees hopping around. That is fantastic. So that was a uh, late night. I wasn't drunk, but because yeah. I don't drink, but yeah. that was it. Was definitely one of those nights night when decision. I was in a mood, and I'm like. I have the best idea for a costume. And yeah. then I bought my kids tree costumes and they're like, why are we trees? I'm like, it doesn't matter, kids. Just wear the costumes, get the candy, be happy. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Sounds great. That's our Well, happy Halloween. Halloween happy Halloween. Let's talk some scary stories. I think that's a good Halloween-y theme. Oh, I should have brought like a background noise, creepy person screaming in the background. I can insert that later. Yeah. <laughs> Just dub that <laughs> Sound in. Sound effects machine. <laughs> You're going to take us on a journey here later in the episode. Yes. I'm excited for that. We got kind of a, a two-parter this episode. So for one, we're going to be telling our normal, let's chit-chat and share some stories. Um, and then later, we're going to be meeting with a couple of individuals and seeing if we can make contact with a ghost. You're a, an brave, actual you're ghost. a brave soul, Jay. Well, I don't believe in ghosts. So... Hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's so much bravery as it is my desire to... 
I, sometimes I like to be proven wrong. Not often. Not by you, but... <laughs> you're, you're out for uh, the adventure. The curiosity got the, curiosity. the best of you. Okay. Yes. Well, good. We'll, we'll get to that later in the episode. But let's talk about some North Shore... I think the safest word for us to use is mysteries. Yes. Because a few of these are... I mean, one is there's a murder connected mm -hmm. to this story. One is... Nobody ever died there as far as I know, but it's supposedly haunted. And the other one has a, I don't know, how would you say it? Cre creepy story? About Isle Royal? Yeah. Well, it's just a unfortunate set of circumstances that stirred up. And then the, the unknown or some of the mystery maybe is, yeah, I guess you could say mysteriously creepy. All right. But... We don't know the answer, and that's, I guess, what makes these stories continue exactly. to go on and on. So I had originally shared my... I, I have a haunted story, and actually I'm going to share another one. The house we're going to to do this ghost hunting, I actually had a haunting experience while I was there. Hmm. Now again, I don't believe in ghosts, because in both of my... Oh my gosh, I'm seeing a ghost, or I'm experiencing something mysterious that cannot be explained through normal things i investigated it and eventually explained it through normal things mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of ghost stories are that way that's the skeptic in me yeah like hey, did you go look at it like why, why would you go into the room where the sound was coming from I'm like what if it was a bat i mean mm -hmm. what i think most ghost stories are is there something else that can be explained if you just go look at it yeah um, so both of mine, I have two. One I told during our road trip episode, but it actually got edited out of that episode. Oh. So I figured I would reinsert it into here because it is appropriate. So we'll kind of get into that one in a minute. Um, I'm going to kick things off, though, with what's probably the most infamous, notorious murder on the North Shore and the most well-known, and I'm using air quotes here, haunted house and that of course is Glensheen Mansion. Glensheen Mansion is a 20,000 sorry square foot mansion that was built by the Congdon family. Uh, I don't remember the exact year. We're actually probably going to do an entire Glensheen Mansion episode nice. because there's a lot of stuff going on there. But it's just this beautiful home on Lake Superior on 12 acres. Gorgeous, gorgeous place. And the Congdons were a very well-known wealthy family and they donated a lot of time and money to Duluth organization, so relatively well-known. Upstanding citizens of the yeah. community. You know, actually, kind of an interesting like personal story to that. Years ago, I was working for the Duluth YMCA, and their camp, which is Camp Miller, which I used to go to, were, we were doing this capital campaign. So they gave me these old ledgers from like the 1970s. And they're like, go through this and find people who gave us a bunch of money then and see if they're still around, and maybe we can reach out to them. And I was slipping through the pages, you know, people donate like $100, $200. And I got to this one that was like $50,000. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. It was Elizabeth Congdon. Wow. And I was like, well, she's no longer around. But, you know, I thought that was a very interesting little piece of history to find in this ledger from, I think it was from 1969. Very cool. So anyway, um, the family was, like I said, very, very well known. But the mansion and the family are probably most well known for the double murder of Elizabeth Congdon and her nurse, a woman named Velma Pitila. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and he, she, they were actually murdered by Elizabeth's son-in-law. And it, there was an inheritance thing and all this stuff. But before she was murdered, the house was already 
gifted to the University of Minnesota. And she had, you know, the ability to live there until she died. So it wasn't like an inheritance of the house because the house was already going to the university. It was the money inheritance and they ended up getting caught. So uh, that's a whole other story. But from that, Glenshine was then gifted to the University of Minnesota that started doing the tours. And that's when the kind of reports of things that are mysterious or maybe unexplained. A uh, few employees have reported that there are cold spots in the house, particularly on the landing of the staircase between the first and second floor where the nurse was killed. So that's where Velma was killed. And um, they'll report that if they're standing there for too long, all of a sudden they'll feel very cold. Another thing that people report in kind of the same area is a sudden feeling of like uh, sadness comes over them for no reason. And then throughout the house, like in the hallways and um, especially by the master bedroom, which is where Elizabeth was killed, they report seeing shadowy figures that will appear and then disappear. So those are kind of the reports that came from employees and the tour guides. And for many years, they actually um, tried to kind of not mention the murders. And I think they wanted, you know, the Congdons were a wonderful, wonderful family. So it's very unfortunate that this thing kind of defined them. So they, they try to skirt past it. Now, however, uh, they've reopened the master bedroom. They restored it to its original appearance. And they that's part of the tour now. It didn't used to be. And if you ask, they will answer questions like, oh, yes, there was there were two people murdered in the house. I don't think they go into detail, but it is something they now mention. They no longer kind of ignore the questions. They acknowledge that. They acknowledge it yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. And now they're actually... In a, in, in a small way, kind of trying to capitalize on it a little bit by offering these flashlights, these 21 plus flashlight tours in October. So you can go there, you can actually have a beer with a sippy cup mm-hmm. on it and take a nighttime tour with a tour guide with a flashlight. And they describe it as a different way to experience the treasures found in the house or something. That's the wording. Yeah. But I think in many, you know, a lot of people are going there doing this tour, hoping for a haunting experience. Mm. So whether or not Glenshee Mansion is in fact haunted, it could be. I, I think in addition to like the murders happening, I've always said this, if I'm going to die and haunt a place, I'm going to haunt a place that made me happy, a place I like to be and hang out. So I can see other members of the family maybe going there and being there because that's, you know, mm-hmm. that was a, great house for many of them and yeah okay interesting so that's in duluth right that uh, is in duluth. if you're going up highway 61 headed up the north shore you're gonna drive literally right past it i don't think there's any way to avoid it <laughs> <laughs> london yeah. road is an unavoidable passage you take to get to the north shore and they're open for tours they're open year-round they do have different themes and in halloween they have like a find the pumpkin theme or something like that and these 21 plus flashlight tours that I think they only happen one week in a year. So by the time this gets released, they're over now, but something to consider for next year. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm going to take you way up the shore, Jay, basically to the border uh, at Grand Portage. There is a ferry that will take you to Isle Royal. Of course, it's a national park, Isle Mm -hmm. Royal National Park, actually 
owned, if you will. Um, it's a state of Michigan. Michigan. Yes, Michigan. <laughs> so, but uh, that's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into right that, now. That's actually how it became part of Michigan is kind of an interesting story, but for another day, another, t- another for, day. Perhaps we'll need to go to Isle Royal on the that podcast. Would be a lot of fun. You and, know, I've never been there. I haven't either. Really? I know. There we go. All right. In fact, I know someone who offered a plane, plane ride. rides. Yes. So uh, we'll follow up on okay. that. Stay with us on this on the podcast. We'll get you to Isle Royal sometime <laughs> soon. Uh, but for today's purposes, we're going to talk about a story that took place a long time ago, Jay. Uh, 1845. This is when people were, um, and I should say um, white settlers were just looking. This has been uh, culturally used by uh, the native people of this area for generations, Isle Royal, uh, particularly Grand Portage, Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa, who now have been recognized by the federal government here in 2019 as uh, cultural uh, rights to the island and and the historical cultural significance of that. And yet still part of Michigan. Still Michigan (laughs) and run by the National Park. Again, this is a a whole other thing. Hold it. Yeah. I'll move past that. Yes. So um, 1845. Um, as the white settlers are starting to realize, you know, hey, there's something out there, particularly copper. You know, the native people had actually gotten copper and used it mm-hmm. there at Isle Royal, and they, uh, the French voyageurs and people who were coming to the area were like, we want in on that. How do we get this copper? First, we got to go out there, we'll make a plan. So they sent a gentleman named Charlie Mott and his wife, Angelique, who is native. And they drop them off on the island to sort of set up shop, help them get ready for transitioning out and building cabins, building, you know, getting things running at Isle mm-hmm. Royal. Charlie was left there with Angelique. A gentleman said, hey, I'm going to come back and bring you some rations. Stay here for the winter. This is this is the plan is for you to stay here for the winter. Don't worry. I'll be back. I'm going to bring you more supplies. Well, the supply ship these uh you know rations never returned so charlie and angelique were there on isle royal which jay if you think of the north shore is kind of a remote area yeah isle royal takes that up like 50 notches it's only accessible i mean it's the biggest island in lake superior is it what 50 miles from shore uh, Even it's, more? no it's less from minnesota oh, mainland yeah. actually but um, it's a long way, particularly yeah. when you don't have engines and things yes, like that. Yes, yes. So it's a long way uh, to get to Isle Royal in 1845. And they had a really horrible winter. And in fact, actually, um, as time went on, food ran out. Charlie starved to death on the island. And Angelique was, you know, in that same state of you know capacity not doing well but she actually managed to survive uh, there are varying accounts now this is where we get into kind of the mystery he said she said ish nobody really knows if angelique ate some of charlie to survive if uh, that occurred there are some reports that say yes it did and others that say no definitely it did not angelique actually has a journal that has been passed down and is an accredited thing that does not mention that whatsoever um, there's no historical documentation of they found the body and he was missing a some, leg or yeah, something. Nothing, nothing like that. Just yeah. a kind of a shell of a human was what was found. Um, but nonetheless, it was certainly a very troubling 
thing to have happen mm -hmm. right out of the gates at Isle Royal for people. So over time, as fishermen and families and children were there, the legend of Charlie Mott started to grow. And actually, park headquarters now at Isle Royal are on Mott Island, named after Charlie Mott. Mott. And that cabin where he was, where he, where he starved to death that winter, is basically like the park headquarters are on top of where that took Ooh. place. There's not necessarily in the traditional sense of like a scary Ghost figure. walking through the graveyard. Yeah, and I think that that makes them a little more appealing, at least to me. And maybe since you said you don't necessarily believe in ghosts, that it's just more of the feeling that a story gives you as opposed to like some unknown entity. Troubling story of a man starving to death at Isle Royal and his wife being there and um, all of that. So it's this is one of those mystique stories, but the Mott name lives, lives on. on. <laughs> well, the next house, or it, it actually, it, there's a house involved in this, but it's also a place, um, is one we did visit previously in our road trip series. I believe in episode two of that, we went to Split Rock Lighthouse and got to chat with my mom and learn a bit about the life of the families there. But what didn't make it into that episode was that there are stories of Split Rock being haunted. In fact, there's one story that I heard as a kid kind of told over and over. Um, and then I, I actually looked up the story to see if anybody, because I, I don't know like if it's one of those like local lore things, because I'm very local to Split Rock and you know, my mm -hmm. mom worked there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is it just one of those things that we hear? Or do other people know about this story? And I looked it up and I did find reference to it, but it was different than the version I had heard. Hmm. So... I think that's one of those things where a story gets told and then passed down, changed a little, changed a little, and eventually there's a few versions of what possibly could be the truth. Uh, but in this story, a gentleman lost his wallet at the lighthouse and he realized it after they had closed, so he doubled back. And in the version I was always told growing up was he went to the bottom of the staircase of the lighthouse and there was a gentleman standing there dressed like the lighthouse keeper. And he had his wallet and said, oh, this is yours. Here you go. And the gentleman said, oh, thank you, mm -hmm. and left. And he came back the next day to thank the gentleman. And everybody was like, well, what do you mean? There was somebody up there dressed as a lighthouse keeper at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, whatever time it was. Like, there wouldn't have been anybody here. And there wouldn't have been anybody dressed up. Mm -hmm. And that kind of started the lore of... Oh, is there a ghost? But in the version I found online, which I almost like better, was he lost his wallet, came back to get it, but found the gates padlocked. Nowadays, if you go there, the gates are left open. You can go back there even after they've closed, but the story is from the 80s, so maybe mm -hmm. back then you couldn't. And he said he looked up and he saw a gentleman dressed like a lighthouse keeper on the catwalk of the lighthouse on the outside there. And he tried to call to him and get his attention and the person didn't respond at all and so we finally left and came back the next day and retrieved his wallet and told them and again got the kind of blank stares from people going wait what are you talking about there mm -hmm. wouldn't have been anybody up there like we can't even get out on there we're not supposed to be out there at all and so that is the story of the lost wallet and the lighthouse keeper but a few other stories that i've heard wait i want to say okay <laughs> Like the second story of, I think I see someone and I'm yelling at them and mm -hmm. they're not responding. Seems a lot more likely and it was probably maybe... A shadow yeah, or... Yeah, some I mean, kind of a 
object that's up there that's resent even just a beam or a piece Reflection. of cast iron something yeah seems a lot more likely than someone handing him a wallet kind of my what, what's going to be my split because one of my haunting stories did happen at split rock um so the the other story i've heard from actually directly from my mom and other people is they'll get random smells every now and then. They'll just be standing in the house, which is the former house of lighthouse keeper Pete Young and his wife Florence. And occasionally they will get this whiff of women's perfume, like when they're alone, just standing there and all of a sudden... And it's apparently a very strong smell, like a, a old-timey perfume, like not a perfume you would smell these days, mm-hmm. but like a really... When women used to pile that stuff on (laughs) kind of that really strong floral smell or a strong smell of diesel fluid Hmm. and pete young was always covered in diesel fluid so you know he might have been heading up to the bathroom to wash up after his shift and all of a sudden you kind of get that smell Mm -hmm. and and there's been times where they've even looked to see if anything was leaking because it was so strong yeah so those are the you know, maybe Pete Young is hanging out. Like I said, I'm more inclined to believe a ghost is there if it's somebody who had a great time there. Pete Young was the first lighthouse keeper. He was basically forced into retirement at age 70. You couldn't you couldn't work for the um, it wasn't the, the lighthouse service hmm. after age 70. So when he turned 70, they're like, all right, you got to go. And the replacement lighthouse keeper um, was his assistant. I believe his last name was Covell. And he actually stayed in the middle house with his family. They didn't move into that first house. So if you think of who might be the spirit in that first house where you can now go into for the tours, everybody assumes it's Pete Young and Hmm. his wife. Yeah. Uh, So that's, you know, growing up, we hear these stories. So my mom worked at the lighthouse and my dad worked at the clinic. And my mom, of course, worked with Lee Radzak, the Mm -hmm. former now recently retired lighthouse keeper, most recent one. Um, well, there's actually a new guy now, but he's the most recent one before this one. And his family lived there for, I believe, 30 years or something like that. And he had two kids who were a couple years younger than me. And my dad worked with Mrs. Radzak at the clinic. So they were having this, must have been like some sort of Christmas party thing. Mm-hmm. So my brother, who's a little bit older than me, was hired to babysit the Radzak kids and myself while our parents went off to this holiday party. So we babysat them at their house, which was the middle house at the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And of course, my dad is, I think the best way to describe his sense of humor is it's rather wicked. Mm-hmm. So we're on the way up there and he's telling us all these ghost stories and telling us how this house is haunted and it's really creepy out there at night. And of course, going on and I'm probably 10 or 11 at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's sticking with me in my head. Yeah. We get out there and the two younger kids had gone to bed. My brother and I were watching TV. And all of a sudden, I kind of looked to my left out the window that looks towards the main lighthouse keeper's house, the very first one that you can tour. And I see a figure in the window. And hmm. I... A human. A human so, figure. I mean, yeah. there was definitely a head. Yeah. <laughs> looking through the window. And I kind of looked back at the TV for a second. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look back and it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I looked back and it was still there. Kind of looked back at the TV and I decided to stand up and I, I walked past where my brother was sitting and I said, you need to follow me right now. So mm-hmm. he stands up and he goes in and we kind of go into this little what's in the, if you, if you tour the main house, you'll see the butler's pantry. We tucked into the part of the, um, the house that is that butler's pantry, kind of between the kitchen and living room. And that's where they had their phone system. And I said, Greg, 
there's somebody standing outside the window and they were just staring at me for like a minute and he kind of peeks his head out and he sees the figure and he goes okay what do we do mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we it, they have a very complicated phone system there where you couldn't just pick up the phone and call someone yeah like and and this is back before cell phones so we couldn't just call our parents like, well, let's call 911. There's somebody creeping around the lighthouse in the middle of winter, in the middle of the night, staring at us through... I mean, he can clearly yeah. see us. Yeah. And we, we were trying to figure out the phone system, which, I mean, you had to call, like, one number to get to the switch. Then you had to call another number to get to... And it was, yeah. We were trying to follow the directions. And as we're doing it, my brother keeps looking at the figure in the window and finally just says, wait a second. He's like, hang up the phone. Something's wrong here. Like, it hadn't why? moved. It and, hadn't moved. Yeah. Nothing had happened. We, you know, we're, we're kind of past the, okay, is it a serial killer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moment of our brain, you know, our 11 and 13 year old brain process. Mm-hmm. And we decided to start, go look out the window. Yeah. Um, we army crawled across the living room because cool. that seemed natural. <laughs> um, kind of get to the windowsill, raise up slowly. And right outside of that window was a snowman. Ah, so fooled and frightened by the snowman. You know, if I had not investigated, I may have just assumed that I had seen a ghost or a serial killer. You know, because again, logic there. Yes. Um. Well, but it was very a snowman. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, the other two are very real. The death at Isle Royal and the murders at Glenshean are very real. And where you're about to take us next is also. Well, your experience, at least, yes, is very real. Very real. So we're going to hop over now. Joe, you're actually leaving us for the rest of this episode. I'm with you. <laughs> Mentally. Mentally. I'll check back at the end of the episode. I, I have a theory. Joe claims he has to work on the time we had scheduled with the <laughs> ghost hunter. I think Joe's a little scared, so he has found a reason to not join us in the haunted Cook, house. All I got to say is Cook County Vikings football. <laughs> it's a great thing, and it saved me from uh, being frightened. No, it's it's a long story that we also won't get into right now. But uh, you were brave enough to do it, Jay, so let's hear how it goes. All right. Here we go. Welcome back. This is Jay, and I'm here today with a couple of guest stars. So as Joe and I teased earlier, I'm currently sitting in a house known as Deer Creek, and it sits on, I believe it's called Deer Yard Creek right here, and Lake Superior, of course, on Cascade Beach Road. This is a beautiful house, and I'm going to get to the history of it in just a minute, but first I wanted to introduce my guests. So um, Donnie, I'll introduce you first. Why don't you say who you are and why you're here? Uh, my name is Don Boscovic, and we're here for the what the Halloween uh, yeah yeah for the <laughs> Halloween ghost hunt kind of thing. I've uh, I'm really curious about the supernatural and have been my whole life, and it's just completely interesting to me. So I've done a lot with it. All right, and we are also here with Don's wife Julie. Julie, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Julie Boscovic, and I am. 
owner relations manager at Cascade Vacation Rentals. Uh, I'm just along for the ride tonight. <laughs> These guys are handling everything else. So and she's a skeptic. <laughs> All right. All right. So for the record, we have two skeptics and one, and one believer. firm believer. Firm believer. And so we are, again, we're in this house. It is called Deer Creek. And I want to just give a little bit of history of this place because it is incredible. I think that's yeah. a, good, a good word for it. It's understanding it. This place is amazing. It's, it's indescribable. Mm-hmm. Let's just start by, by saying that. Um, haunted or not, it's a little spooky. I mean, we're, we're here in the evening. The trees are now barren. There's no leaves. Uh, sun is setting. Um, it's a little cold in here because it's closed down for the winter. So it almost has a, um, a little bit of an abandoned feeling to it. But I can tell you that during the summer, this place is warm, inviting, comfortable. And it was actually originally a farmhouse that was located up in Hovland. Mm-hmm. And they don't know exactly when it was built, but it was sometime between 1830 and 1837. And because of that, it might very well be the oldest house in northern Minnesota. Still, still standing. So we are, and there might be some barns that are a little bit older, but this is the oldest that we know of that's even currently lived in, or you can stay in it. Um, it was, you know, like I said, it was originally up in Hovland, and in the 1930s, they picked it up and they moved it to its current site here on Cascade Beach Road in Lutzen, and it was moved by the Civilian Conservation Corps, so the CCC, which was a... Uh, It was an organization created during the Great Depression to put Americans to work, basically. Give them jobs and try to get things built and things moving along, hoping to get out of the Great Depression. So a lot of things actually in uh, this area were built in the 1930s because of that. And this particular property was purchased by a man named Rex Green, who actually has even more of a cool history in the area. He is pretty much responsible for Highway 61 going all the way up to the Canadian border. So he went to Washington and he fought for, you know, the ability to get the construction moved up there and pretty much connected this part of Minnesota to Canada. And he has a plaque at the Good Harbor uh, Outlook. So just by Terrace Point there, if you go just past it, um, by Cutface Creek, there is a plaque for him right there. So if you ever want to learn more about Rex Green, you can do that there. Uh, So the house was moved here. There is another house next door that is known as Rex's Retreat. And that was originally owned by the Jacobson family in Hovland. And there's a picture taken in, I'm sorry, in 1876 in the book Pioneers in the Wilderness, which is based on Cook County, the earliest Cook County settlers. Pretty cool book. And the whole Jacobson family is seen in front of it. And that house is lived in year-round. So that is a permanent year-round rental. Like we said, this one kind of gets shut down for the winter a little bit. There's something over there making noise. I think it was a bee or a fly. (laughs) (laughs) Too cold in here. I just heard heard a buzzing noise coming from right there. Serious? By the window. Yes, I'm dead serious. Did you hear it too? Julie? Oh, there's there's all kinds of dead flies. There's a fly. No problem. No. See, Boy, see. you have good hearing, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ways away. Okay. Okay. So we are currently actually sitting in the part of the house that was added a little bit later. So um, if you ever get the privilege of staying here, which you can, you can rent it through Cascade Vacation Rentals. The two front rooms, so the kitchen and the 
front living room, we'll call it, where the kitchen table, so it's maybe a dining room, we'll call it that way. Those are the two original rooms to the house. And then above it was a loft with two bedrooms. Those are all still there. Where we're sitting right now is the larger living room. And this was actually taken, the wood is, it's a barn. It was wood taken from a barn, rebuilt here on the site. A little bit later, that was built in you know the 1930s. So um, I don't know how old the barn was it was taken from, but this is an addition that was added here to give better access to the bedrooms because before there were you had to use a ladder and they wanted a staircase so they built this but again it's all very old i don't know how old the exactly this room is i can tell you the front two rooms date back to the 1830s who knows this house this part of the house maybe the 1850s 1860s but it is all very old and now uh another interesting fact that both deer creek and rex's retreat are both Norwegian square cut log cabins, which tells us that these were probably built by some of the earlier Norwegian settlers in the area. All right, uh -huh. All right so a little bit more history. When Rex's wife died in 1950, he sold the property to his friends, the Campbells, and kind of with the provision that he got to keep living here until he passed away. And he did in 1980s, in the 1980s. And then after that, it was sold to the current owners who do live up here part of the year. And then they do rent it out another part of the year. So kind of sharing the love of this amazing historic home. Uh, it currently has three bedrooms because a third one was built on in, 19, in the 1950s. And that also added a second bathroom. They did convert. <laughs> that buzzing is still going on over here. <laughs> I keep hearing it. it is, it's actually down on the floor behind the bench there. So Don's going over now with his. So what do you have there, Don? What, what we have here is a K2. This is an EF or EMF meter, electronic uh, magnetic field detector. So some people, well, most people believe that ghosts or spirits emit electromagnetic field. So this device will check for uh, electromagnetic fields. So green means nothing. No, green oh. is at its lowest setting. Okay. So that's, if we, okay, when I shut it off, you would see all these lights light okay. up. So if we've got a high EMF reading, you know, it's gonna go up to the next green, shade of green, then yellow, then up into the bright reds, showing a high EMF. And have you ever seen it spike? Yeah. Okay. I have in some <laughs> cemeteries. Oh. So it's, Oh. But so what I'm checking now for, I'm just looking for straight EMF off of uh, electrical devices okay. just to see if, but I'm not, I, we did it earlier. We did a sweep of the whole house just for a baseline reading of EMF. I was carrying this around mm -hmm. with me when we were walking through and I never saw it go off once. So it's telling me that the house doesn't have stray electricity. Okay. So what we'd be looking for now is like when you hear this buzzing <laughs> and I walked over here and all of a sudden the lights would start flashing up. But I don't hear this. You're I, hearing it right down I hear it floor. intermittently and I'm trying to see. A, but it's not, there is no wind, really, is there? It's, it's a it's, fly that's It's got to be a fly that's dying. It's just yeah. dying sporadically. But what is slowly. that howling we hear out there, kind of? There is a bit of wind. So there, okay. there's, you can see there's a but little... you don't see much of the trees moving. That's no, it's, I think it's coming from this direction. So oh, I'm, okay. pointing, so I'm pointing, pointing east. east. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's the direction I think it's coming from. So we'll be hearing it against these these guys. walls. Yep. Less so than. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, current owners still own it, and that's where we're at for the history. So now I think we, I don't know, what do you do? How do you, well, what's the we best could, way to get in touch with? We could, we could do and look for, uh, I had to get my readers on because I can't see. Well, really, so I did ask, so like I said, the house next door is currently used as a long-term residence. Oh, we can go in that house too. I don't think we can go there because I didn't gotcha. tell them. <laughs> I probably could have, but gotcha. um, I do know the people who used to live in that house. And I asked them one time, do you think your house or this house is mm -hmm. haunted? And she said she never personally experienced anything, but occasionally in the upstairs bedrooms, lights would turn on and then they would turn off and then turn back on mm -hmm. randomly when they knew there was nobody here. Mm -hmm. So we're either dealing with maybe a little electrical issue with a lamp could or, be. yeah, you know, Somebody's turning on enough lights. I also know that there is a housekeeper that we have who will not clean this house alone because mm -hmm. she has experienced a few things. So mm -hmm. she insists that her husband comes with her. Mm -hmm. We've had a few guests report some things. I will say not necessarily anything evil or bad, just right. random things here and there. Um, one report of a little girl. Really? So... <laughs> well, the, the history, I mean, it goes back so many years. Yeah. So, so many families, I would imagine, grew up in this house. And with this haunting thing, there, there's, there's things called a residual haunt. Mm -hmm. What a residual haunt is, what people believe is that uh, somehow things that people were doing in their daily lives somehow just got recorded in time. And it just keeps replaying whether you're here or not. And it, it and sometimes people that come through can pick up on that or see that, mm -hmm. that this certain event, maybe it was a glorious event or a real sad event that mm -hmm. would have had some more uh, detailed nature to it to maybe possibly be recorded. And, um, you know, so there's that. Other, other than that, then there could be what is called a intelligent haunt where there's actually... We believe a, a spirit, spirit kind of yeah. living here and we can maybe be, try and try and pick up on that maybe we can do some evps all right yeah so what's an evp well, well electronic oh, voice yeah. phenomena okay so when when we record on this device it's going to hear our voice i mean because we're, we're talking we're yeah. talking <laughs> now what we're looking for is another voice that would pop up that we know wasn't talking while we were here that we didn't hear. Okay. So that people believe, well, they're just calling it electronic voice phenomena. We don't know. No one knows what it is. Is it a spirit? Is it, you know, can it be picking up a radio signal? I don't know. I doubt it. I think it's picking up, up something. Something. So. Okay. So we go ahead and turn this on. All right. And then we can ask some questions. First of all, we don't mean you any harm and we don't mean you any disrespect. We're just here, we're curious, we want to know, is there something in the afterlife after we pass? Now, people tell us that there are spirits in this house. If there is a spirit in this house that's lingering, do you have a name?
would you be possibly someone that was lost and that discovered this place over time and just decided to dwell here? Are you a little girl spirit? Is there a little girl spirit that resides here? And if so, what is your name? Okay, let's shut this off. And we'll play this. See if we hear it. Okay. Let's ask some questions. First of all, we don't mean you any harm, and we don't mean you any disrespect. We're just here, we're curious, we want to know. Is there something in the afterlife after we pass? Now, people tell us that there are spirits in this house. If there is a spirit in this house that's lingering, do you have a name? I thought on the first one I heard like a little bit of a whistling. Yeah. But it might be the wind. Might have been the wind. Yeah, I heard, I heard there's something at the end. I'm hearing some back. This picks up real, okay. real tiny little stuff. So I heard a little bit. Maybe it was coming. Okay. We should go upstairs. Yeah, let's yeah. go upstairs. Because like I said, this was not an original part. So we're heading up the stairs right now. By the way, gorgeous staircase oh, here. Unbelievable. It's, yeah. And the craftsmanship of it, so it's just great. I mean, this has held up for hundreds of years. Well, almost 200. Um, uh, so this is the room. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna go back to a little bit of something that happened. Is there a light we can turn on? I'm. Um, that. <laughs> there's a light right over here. I don't know if there's a bulb in it. Oh, there's a. Oh wait, I got my flashlight. There we go. We're good. Let's turn it off. Okay. Okay. So we are now in one of the upstairs bedrooms. And this is where I had my, I'm gonna call it my faux haunting at this house. So I was here once by myself taking pictures. I sat down in the rocking chair that Don is currently sitting in. And when I stood up, I didn't realize this at the time, but the chair kept rocking. I went downstairs, I was doing a few things and I kept hearing this like noise up here. I came back upstairs to investigate. This was probably five minutes later. The chair was still rocking. I walked up to it, put my hand on it, and it stopped. Then I sat down in it, stood up, and it continued rocking. So I assumed at that point it had something to do with, I don't know, the balance of the chair or the floor, and laughed at myself a little bit and then carried on. So that was, and this is also the room, um, this room and the room next door 
where the previous owners or residents of the house next door, Rex's retreat, reported seeing different lights coming on and off. Did I, is anyone, do you know, has it? Was there a history of anyone passing on? Not that we know of. So prior to this moving here in the 1930s, there's not a lot of history known about it other than where it was and what it was. Okay, let's do an EVP again up here in this bedroom. Um, I'm going to start to record. This time I'll have you ask some questions. Okay. And then just leave a little space in between your questions so we can give the entity some time to... uh, Respond. Respond. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go to record. All right, hello. Is there anybody in this room with us right now? If you're here, what is your name? Did you used to live in this house? Did you die in this house? Do you have a message you want to send to us? Okay, let's see what we got. Okay, I just saw something. I saw that too, but I think it's a bug. It's a bug. (laughs) (laughs) So, debug. 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 So far, we have a lot of bugs that are. Alright, so let's see if we okay. can play Hello, is there anybody in this room with us right now? If you're here, what is your name? Did you used to live in this house? Did you die in this house? Do you have a message you want to send to us? Okay. Not did you live in this house and did you die in this house? Did you hear something in those? I, you know, I can't. I'm hearing some background noise, but okay. I'm not sure if you, you know. Move to once. Yeah, you maybe okay. it was the rocker, but I didn't hear anything odd. Okay. One more bedroom we can One do? One more bed. Let's, let's try another bed. Let's go over As the chair continues to... Actually... That thing rocks. Look at that. It well, is. it's not rocking how it rocked for me. No. <laughs> I think I, st- I stood up a little differently. Okay, so now we are in the large front bedroom. Now, if I had to guess, this was probably the bedroom where, let's say, the... Was probably mostly used by an adult, as opposed to that back bedroom, which was a little bit smaller, which was probably used for children. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they had a lot of children, then maybe they put them in the bigger bedroom and the parents slept in the back. I don't know how things worked in the 1830s, but um, this one has some interesting elements to it that I think might, I don't know. We'll see. We can hear the lake a lot more in here, we too, can so in we should room. note that. I just set a flashlight down. Okay. on the counter and it's a flashlight where you actually screw it screw the back in to make the contact to the light so what i did is i backed it off ever so slightly from the on position As if a spirit could continue that contact and and create that light to turn on so what we'll do is 
I've just got it so it's bare, right there. Okay. We'll go on. So I got it right on the edge. I'm going to back it off and then we'll set it down. Okay. If there is a spirit in this residence, can you, uh, you saw me turn that flashlight on. Can you turn that flashlight on for us? Once again, we don't mean you any disrespect. We'd just like to see if someone was here. Could you turn that flashlight on for us? Boy, those waves do sound nice coming up against there. Uh, could you turn on the flashlight for a second? Mm -hmm. like right over. Okay. <laughs> there. Another bug. Oh, you pick up on this. That's bizarre. <laughs> I like. There's more buzzing in There's this room. It's a fly, and it's still alive. He is hanging over here by me. Um, this this does happen when we shut down a property for the winter, and it's not regularly being checked on. We've got a lot of flies in this part of the land. Julie, you want to ask some questions? Not really. Come not on, really. Come on, Julie. She's a skeptic. <laughs> I'll do it right here. You don't want to come sit down? Well, come I'll on. Do that, but I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> Is there someone in this room with us? This is a beautiful old cabin. I can understand why you'd want to stay here. Can you give us a name? Can you just say hi? Unfortunately, we're drawing a blank. Yep. So the skeptics so far went out here, <laughs> <on this one>, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I say I think, it, and you know, and I will. I, you know, this isn't always true, I guess. But if I always think <laughs> of an old house when I think of a haunted house, um, but that's not always the case, you know. And sometimes I would. Ha I have to say, it gives me a little bit of a creepy feeling, though. When we walk back into that room that when we room. first came in, the one with the fireplace. These bedrooms feel comfortable. I don't feel any... Mm, so maybe it wasn't... Maybe the ghosts. Um, you know, this is part of the main house now that mm -hmm. we're in the original. Yeah. Maybe it was the barn that the addition was used that's from. That's interesting. That, that's why I said it gives yeah, me a little bit of a Yeah, that's interesting. We don't know where that lumber for that barn came from yet. Nope. Well, we want to go... We can go back down yep. there. Yeah, let's, let's go. go back. Because that just seems like... All right, so we are back in the addition, which used to be a barn, is now the living room. No, I can hear your buzzing over there. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not going crazy. She can hear it too. I don't hear buzzing. Maybe you have to be sitting in that exact spot. Yeah, because you can, I couldn't hear it there, but I can hear it here. I'm going to set this up on the fireplace so you can just walk up there and speak into it anytime you want to. Just imagine the fires that we're at in this fireplace over the years. Are you the original owner of this cabin or farm? 
Could you possibly be a, a sailor that was lost on Lake Superior that stumbled on this place? Give us one EVP. Are you Rex Green? Okay, so I, I don't know if this means anything, but I have waveforms. So on my, you actually gotta come over here because it's, so this right here, when we talk, mm -hmm. they spike up. Now, okay. if you don't talk for a second, it doesn't spike. It goes down. The first two questions you asked, I got a spike on here. Are you serious? And then the last few. After I talked? Or yes, af after you. After uh, I got I can't talking. remember the, uh, the sailor question. Okay. That one, I caught a spike on this. Now, really? I don't know if it was, I didn't hear anything. Well, that's interesting. Um, so I. Let's play a spike. Okay. Cross your fingers. <laughs> here we go. That was you walking. Was it? Yeah. Boards, yeah. boards creaking. And the axe handle. Could you possibly be a, a sailor that was lost on Lake Superior and stumbled on this place? Give us one EVP. Okay. Okay. Hmm. We're, we're striking out. Except for that. That's yeah. kind of interesting. So, and I, you know, I don't know if this is going to actually pick up any extra sounds. Yeah. I was just watching it as you were talking and it went down and then also went boop, boop, just really quick. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then I, I didn't say anything. I was like, let me see if it happens again. And then it happened the second time after the question after that. I, th I think when you asked, like, just give us one, I think. <laughs> Then let's try this. I'm going to put in a record, and you hold on to it and ask some questions. Okay. Maybe that. Maybe it wants to be by you. Okay. Is there someone else in the cabin with us? Did you used to live in this cabin? I got something right there. On your meter? On mine. Let me see if I can see yours. See, mine would do, it'll do, it'll do that again, because you'll okay. see it'll have a, it has a pattern too, where it'll go up. What's that guy's name again? Are you Rex Green? It's only doing it on mine though. Like I'm looking and yours is also going up, but mine's going up. Huh. Um, are you Rex Green's wife? I apologize for not knowing your name. Is 
If you're Rex Green, are you happy being here? Did you live in this house when it was in Hovland? Got a little bit something there. Um, are you a young child? What is your name? That's interesting. After you ask questions, then it goes back up, but it's not big. It, it takes a few seconds for it to go back up. But if I keep watching it, okay. Um, are you happy to have so many visitors here? Do you notice when there's other people here? Are you sad? I don't know. Maybe it's hard to one. tell. <laughs> well, let's listen. This is interesting. That is interesting because her meter goes up every For once nothing. in a while in between. And I was listening, like maybe it's coming in yeah, with the waves outside, but it's not at the same time as the waves. So maybe it's delayed. So we were getting something. Oh uh, yeah, to show up on that, but it's. And uh, I mean, the the whole purpose of mine is to 
Like well, you pick up the background noise a lot. Mine is not supposed to pick up any background noise. And that's what this the dead cat is that we were oh, sure. discussing earlier. This is actually to block out that ex- excess noise or any breeze or wind, you know, for me walking around. So what I can do too is this has a uh, USB port so I can okay. plug it into the computer and that will enhance it. I'll be able to pick up yeah. anything that was even slight look but, for those waveform yeah raises because they yeah. were happening yeah yeah we saw it on there yeah well, yes. so i you know i think we can safely say that we did not we struck out we did not make connection with the movie we saw some interesting waveform action mm-hmm. on my recorder yes i did see it a little bit on yours too it just was a little more dramatic on this one so I don't know, maybe they were whispering into this one the whole time and I'll hear it when I get back to the office, which I am not going to do tonight. (laughs) Do it around midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Is that witching hour? Yeah, or 3 (laughs) 3 a.m. 3 a.m. That's supposedly witching hour. Sit down and go review it. Beautiful cabin, though. Beautiful cabin. If, If it worries you to stay in a cabin that might be haunted, I think you can... Day. We've been actively attempting to connect with somebody with some equipment meant to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And did not make connection. Not this time. With anyone. Doesn't mean that it's not. No. Doesn't mean there's not a lingering spirit here. It's just we didn't get it tonight. Yep. And, and you know, it's not not every guest reports it. I think it was like maybe two in the past mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. So, and one was a child. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, you know. And when you did ask that. if it was a child, that's it right afterwards, yep. that your meter went up. So yep. I don't know. It's it, it, you're, That only picks up when there's sound. So mm-hmm. unless it's, but I don't it think those be. waves are that loud, are they? I, and, and especially with my with my earmuff, my, yeah, my dead cat on. Your dead cat, your cat on. Yep, your cat so I don't know. That's a little bit interesting. It is. But uh, like I said, I would stay here. No problem. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. This um, place is beautiful. We just spoke with the owner who said she stays here by herself many times, has never experienced anything. So it's just a, it's a amazingly historic, beautiful, incredible house. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I'm exactly. Thank you both for coming here today. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. We'll wrap up our ghost hunting. Well, that was interesting. Great episode. Yeah. What a story you had there. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that could have been a standalone episode. In a sense, it sort of is. It's very interesting because you had, yeah, you had an experience. Yes. I guess that's how we'll that's well, how we'll call it. Yes. It was awesome, Jay. Thanks for doing that. Well, I had a lot of fun, and you know, I love I love history. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. So usually ghosts are connected in some way to history, and that house has an incredible history. It's an incredible house. Even just to hang out in there for a few hours sounds like yeah was really fun. So, so I want to thank Julie and Donnie for joining us or for joining me yes. while you were hiding at your desk, hoping I wouldn't find you, shivering with fear and <laughs> dread of things to come. So, I'm glad we're here to record this. <laughs> I survived. I'm not possessed. Yes. You guys are not attempting to do an exorcism on me right now. <laughs> All right. It's a Halloween episode. We've been cranking them out here in October. It's a busy month. Yeah, we do episodes every other week, but October has five weeks in it. So the way it landed, we did three, plus I did the mini-sode. Yeah, so it was great. It's been a... F- I think... I mean so far there's only been a few months but i love this month because it's full of history and 
awesome, cool things that I got to research and learn about, which was fun. So we had the the ghosts in the ghost town and haunted episodes, the mm-hmm. ghouls in our mm, gangsters yes. episode, and just some fun, okay. mysterious uh, things in a graveyard. It was a good month for you, and now Thanksgiving, a great time to visit the North Shore. We're going to have some fun things planned for uh, the month of November. Then we get into the hol- peak of the holiday season, yeah. and um, once that comes and goes, you know what happens then, Jay? Ice fishing! <laughs> yes! Joe has a Soon it is here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know with how cold it's been lately. Maybe we can push the ice fishing episode to like two weeks from now. <laughs> I went fishing the day after Thanksgiving last year. Ice fishing. Ice fishing. In the Boundary Waters. Okay, which lake? I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> what do I look like? I'm crazy? Just because I'm scared of ghosts doesn't mean I'm going to start telling you my lakes where I go fishing. But we're going to go fishing. We're, we're going to go, go fishing. fishing on the Gunpoint Trail. Yeah. <laughs> we are, it looks like we're going to have a guest host with us for be fun. part of that. Something we've heard from A return before. to the podcast. Return. So we'll, we'll re-tease that when it happens. Uh, but yeah, so... This is the end of our Halloween, October, ghouls, goblins, and gourds. Okay. I'm pretty spooked out. I gotta get going, Jay. I can't handle it anymore. All right. Well, until next time, this is Exploring the North Shore with... Joe. And Jay. Jay.